There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Bowen, look over there. Wow, is that culture? Yes. goodness. Wow. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. Legend on the pod and not a word is hyperbole. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word is hyperbole. I was just talking today. I'm sorry. On set... And Miss Ariana Grande herself did ask me, she said, not to be all Teen Vogue, but who's your favorite host ever? And I said, ever? Ever. It's not even recency bias up in here. I said, it's Kiki Palmer, your Scream Queens co-star. And then Ariana said, of course, absolutely. Can we say something? Yes. Justice for Scream Queens, because that show delivered every time. Yes. And it needs to be said and said out loud and projected. And can I say with my full chest, you know who actually, when they were, this is years ago, when they were first batting around the casting rumors for Wicked, I said Kiki Palmer. Because I've been saying Kiki Palmer literally for anyone's casting list for years, okay? I am For me, it's Kiki and then everyone else. I am Period. so excited. I am <laughs> going off. I literally, I've been like stewing around. I've been sort of pacing my apartment bow, my iconic Hollywood apartment. Yes. Just sort of walking around, stalking around, so excited. I even watch Nope and the readers know that I don't do scary. Yes. But I he doesn't will, do I scary. I will get into Nope and it was one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh my gosh, I love you. I love (laughs) love you. you, I live for you. It's giving, you have vision. It's giving musical theater. It's giving all the things. (laughs) 100%. But let's just say this voice that's coming from on high, Bowen, who is it? And if you feel that you must even even say some credits, then sure. But if you don't know who this person is, sorry to this man, as they say. As they say, this is the thing. When you talk about this person, it is like, it's not even a list. It's a four-dimensional sort of snapshot 
of time mm-hmm. where you go, oh my God, where to begin? You go, okay, there's, there's the acting, there's the film, there's the True Jackson VP, there's the Virgo tendencies, there's the Lauren, period. there is, <laughs> period, there's, there's the cover of Man in the Mirror from Joyful Noise, there yeah! is PTV. There is Akilah and the B. There is Akilah and the B. There is, there is absolutely the music video of Hands Free. Yes. There is. Yes. yes. <laughs> Gonna do the mama like you want to. <laughs> there is yes. that on Clippy featuring Joel Kim Booster, our girl. There is yes. all the things. There is Hustlers. Never forget Hustlers. Never forget Mercedes. <laughs> Never forget Mercedes. Oh my gosh. I mean, we're so excited she's here. What, what, there's no better guest we could ask for. Literally none. Everyone, please welcome into your ears Kiki Palmer! It's been like a threat to our, our readers. Like, one day we're getting Kiki Palmer, we swear. And now that the day is here, it's so exciting. You guys, I'm coming live from my closet, and you know I could not wait to come on the show. You guys are fab. I'm just ready for us to get into it, love. Yes. yes. I mean, much to get into. I mean, when I tell you, like, Kiki, I'm such a fan. But, like, then with Nope, I just watched Nope the other day because it took me a long time because I, I do get scared. But I've had a big horror weekend because I watched Nope and also Megan. Megan is the new girl storming uh-huh. the theaters. And Megan I saw as well, honey. You did? I did. Uh-huh. You, know, you can always catch me at the cinema, love. Uh-huh. I was there opening night because I yes. do love scary. Uh-huh. You know, I do. And also, I love horror specifically. And, it, you know, it it made me think about Chucky, you know, little child's play. We're taking mm-hmm. it a little bit modern. You know what I mean? I'm here for an AI takeover. 100%. So I was there in the theaters and it was absolutely hilarious. I love like a genre that also is satire at the same yeah. time. And when Miss Mama started yes. playing on the piano Toy Soldier, yes. I almost wept. Like, <laughs> I that's mean... the kind of humor that I'm looking for. <laughs> the cover of Titanium by Sia really took like, me bro. and all of America out. <laughs> Like girl, and that dance, who choreographed it? Who had who had Megan's hips moving like that? It was everything. She really had hips for a little girl doll. I mean, she was giving it was suggestive. I was like, Megan. <laughs> Bowen, you gotta go. Well, I bought one of the first tickets in London to go see this movie. I'm seeing it Friday. By the time this episode comes out, I will have seen it and I will be able to join in, in the discourse. In the oh, movies. good. Come on, discourse. Talk about like horror satire. I mean, yes. nope. Now it is a like awards lauded performance. <gasps> and well-deserved. You, oh, like, really, you. really, really killed that. And, like, I had heard so much about the movie and I finally got up to seeing it and it actually really exceeded my expectations. Like, it actually really called back to one of my favorite movies, which was Jaws. This oh, movie is Jaws, Jaws in the yeah. Sky in a way that I yes. had heard but then only really could appreciate in watching it. And, like, I mean, kudos. The movie is so great and I'm sure everyone that listens to this podcast has seen it, but, like... Just tremendous. Uh, that thrills me so much. I thank you so much. It, it's just been a, a crazy and amazing experience. First of all, just collaborating with Jordan was fabulous. Yeah. Hoyta, Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, mm. Universal. It's been a first class experience for me all the way around. Um, and so I'm just glad that people also are able to enjoy the movie. And like you said, it has so many things going on in its genre, but it's also, you know, it has satirical moments. It's funny. Yeah. It has odes to all the kinds of films that we love. You, you know, Jordan sprinkled in so many different references, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it still is this story of this character overcoming, you know, like in Jaws, you know, the monster in the water and then the monster in the sky. So yeah. it, it is really, it's, mm. it was 
great experience. It's such a clever movie about show business or about spectacle, obviously. Yeah. But like, I mean, I had heard, is this true? Because I had heard from someone, I forget who, but they were saying that like, oh, did you know that Kiki delivered a different version of that beginning spiel about her, you know, Emerald and OJ's family business. Like you gave a different version of that monologue every single take. <laughs> That's like the legend of it. And there's already, there's already like such like a mythos about the movie. And it's like, that, that is like legendary status. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That gives me so much joy. You know, your girl comes to set prepared, honey. I'm ready to do well. it any way you want me to do it. So I definitely, you know, I'm one of those actors where it's like, if this is how they wrote it, I'm sticking to the damn script unless they tell me otherwise. But soon as Jordan uh-huh. told me to have fun with it, yeah, like we did it probably like six times normal. And then the rest of the times, like once he saw that I was like going to be improving, he was like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And so I just said, honey, yes. I'm improving my little heart out. And so we just kept changing it up <laughs> at the end. And that's when, you know, you, you get the little singing on the side. Like I just started just acting like a fool towards the end because he gave me the permission to do so. It was It was a lot of fun. Did you get to go to Universal Studios and experience like the Nope set, like the actual Jupiter's Claim? Absolutely. So you're talking about the one that they put up in there after we filmed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, to me, I did. I mean, I, I wonder how Jordan feels because that apparently has never happened for a movie mm. before its release. You know, usually it happens for movies after they've oh. already hit you know, crazy numbers. Like, for instance, like Jaws or any of Universal's classics, they have them there, but after the movie has already been a hit. So the belief that Universal already had in Nope to put that there, like to give it that legendary status before it was even released. I know Jordan must have been through the moon. But, you know, for me to go there after we had filmed it and, you know, it to be coming out, I really just felt like, man, this is like really cool. I mean, I've been acting now for about 20 years almost over 20 years and so for me it's just like I keep having these great new experiences um you know and now as an adult so it's just like wow I'm just so happy that I can keep you know this experience with my art and this medium can continue to get richer and richer it's so Mm. cool I mean just to be a part of something that they immortalize like that in like a theme park sense like the little kid in me and the adult now would be so gagged by that I remember I I went and it was like the Halloween Horror Nights so it wasn't it wasn't even the tram rolling through it was we actually got to walk through and it was characters from us and also Nope like you know jumping out at you so we actually got to walk through Jupiter's Claim and this is prior to me having seen the movie but now I feel like I have to go back because I've now seen it and I know how Jupiter claim figures in and I got experience it but just to to be in something that's like that big of an event that they immortalize in that way has to be like a crazy pinch me moment it is and I don't think you always really grasp it you know what I mean like I, I remember asking other people you know the, the same question or saying you know wow this movie what was that experience like and you know they would give me good sufficient answers but I know now it being in that position like what they must have been thinking is like you know what it's just kind of like just glad and thankful and thrilled you know because yeah. here's this thing that you've been doing for all these years and all this time and you know you're always looking to collaborate with different people obviously Jordan Peele's don't come around Hello. often nor do Daniel Kaluuya. Right. so it def- no. you definitely feel a different vibe of just like wow I'm really working with some incredible talented people but then at the end of the day it's just like this is our craft this is what we love and it's insane when people respond this way but the truth is we do it anyway you know what i mean i would be excited anyway but the fact that there's this huge commercial appeal yeah it's kind of the thing where you don't even really know how to process you know what i mean 
Totally. Oh, Kiki, you sent um, a, such a nice gift to everyone at SNL the week after you hosted, and everyone was so happy to receive it. But then <laughs> I read your note that you sent, and I don't know if I don't know if you remember writing this, but yes. I, I, you said something about my favorite thing in the world is to be part of a team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thank you all for letting me be part of a team. Okay, I'm wondering, is this what is driving Kiki Palmer to do all of this stuff? Like, truly everything. You're in every corner. You're doing everything that can possibly be done in front of the camera, behind the camera. It's amazing. Thank you so much. I I do really love to be a part of a team. I don't know, maybe it's the middle child in me. You know, I grew Mm. up one of four. And so my family is also very like, we're very inclusive and we're very like, we together on this. And I think it's just built in me to know that you can only really get some great things done when you do it as a team. And then also my parents come from theater. You know, even though I started out in film Uh and TV, I think ultimately my heart and my foundation of loving, you know, entertaining comes from the theater you know it comes from the way they taught me which was theater and what do you do in theater you you acknowledge and you respect your team everybody's mm-hmm. doing this together you know we're all in it to, look no pun intended high school musical we're all in this together yep. so that yes. i think that totally is um the heart of who i am as a t- entertainer you know it's very vaudeville esque it's very like take me to the crew and the cast and let's round it up and <laughs> let's get it you know so when i was doing snl it really felt like I was at home. Um, mm. And I, and oh I was just so happy to be a part of the cast in that way because, you know, it is a little bit of TV and it is a little bit of theater. It mm-hmm. doesn't really mm-hmm. get much better than that for me. You know what I mean? You get audience. You get to do stuff with your cast and your crew. You still get to do a little stuff in the camera, but you still get to be live and in the moment. Yes. You know, that's, that's the magic. So I, I really love that experience. And I love being able to be a part of, you know, you guys' family. I mean, it was an honor, and, and it reminds me, and Matt and I were talking about this the other day, it reminds me of you doing Grease Live. Grease Live. If you feel like we're not going to bring Honey. up Grease Live, you'd be incorrect. <laughs> Grease Marty Live. had never been played this way. Freddie, my love, had never been sung Freddie, this my way. Love. The galvanized look into the... Yes. I remember they gave you like a moment where the camera like circled you and you were giving the number, <gasps> and I was like, I'm sorry, but this girl is stealing the whole show and a half. How do you not change the outfit on y'all asses? Yes. Period. On the U.S. soap crowd. That was such an experience of a lifetime. And it's so funny because as a kid, I think the way that people described musicals, I would always be like, I hate musicals, you know, but then meanwhile, I'm playing Crybaby back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, you actually love musicals. (laughs) It was like a trick that I would play on myself. And then as I got older and I started getting the opportunity to obviously be in musicals, I mean, when I did Grease Live, I'm just like, this is home, honey. I am here. I'm having, I mean, me and Vanessa... Like we were, oh, we that was the, such a moment. I live oh. for Miss Vanessa Hudgens, honey. She gives me life. Like I just live for her. And we had so much fun filming us filming, yeah, filming and rehearsing. Because mm-hmm. you know, the main yes. thing is the rehearsing with one of those live event things. Because once you do it, it's over. So yeah. we spent yeah. months rehearsing, and me and her, we would just show up to that sunset, honey, laughing and cackling and just having our blast, doing our edible. <laughs> Quiet as it's kept. But yeah. we had the time of our lives. I, I mean, I always remember that. <laughs> oh, that is the best. I mean, talk about being part of a team, too, because that also has the highest stakes of, like, any live performance or any, like, you know, high school musical moment of, like, it's time for the big show. But then oh it's like, not, it's time for the biggest show. It's on television, <laughs> period. Yes, literally. And we were changing Mm. like stages you know what i'm saying like that was one of the i think that was the only time you know that that ever been done so we were really coming with some like crazy technical stuff so i would just remember us running from stage to stage and getting in the golf carts and i mean we lived for it honey we lived yeah 
Yeah. It looked like so much fun. Literally, y'all were in the golf carts. The cameras were following you guys <laughs> in the golf that. carts in between. It was, it was so really much fun. fun. I loved it. And then just like the energy of Greece as a show is so energetic and up. Like the way y'all just like had to leap into that last number, like the we go together of it all. Like it's just, it not only was like high energy on screen, but also the audience like has such a connection to that musical that like for me, that was the best one that they ever did. I mean, oh they like networks wide, <laughs> the like I love yeah. Yeah, the days, <laughs> the days, but you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. The networks, <laughs> they do feel very much so ominous in that way. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> when was Cinderella? Because let's not forget, we have we have a Cinderella in our midst. We have a Broadway, Period. Rodgers Thank and Hammerstein so Cinderella. So Cinderella <laughs> was before Grease Live. Cinderella is actually yes. what Mark Platt saw me do that also made uh, him really want me for Grease Live, which is why mm. they had that. You know, they, they really did specify that role for me. Because I'll be honest, you know, as a minority, you know, we get into the stage, guys, where everybody just wants a minority because it's like having a Gucci bag, child. It's like, mm, put a minority uh-huh. in it. You know what I mean? And so when they came <laughs> <laughs> when they came to me with Grease Live, I'm like, now, guys, are you just trying to stick a minority in it because that's the thing to do? Or like, mm, what uh-huh. is the point of this? You know, what? And, they, and he was like, you know, the point is you're the only one that can do what we want to do with Marty. Mm. I saw you on Cinderella. I saw what you did on Broadway. And we don't want to do the Marty from the movie. We want to mix the Marty from the movie and the Marty with the musical. And we feel like what we can do with your number is something that I've already seen you do. We want to do a transformation Mm -hmm. on stage. We want to do this and that. And so he's like, you're the only, the reason why we want you, yeah, it's great you're black, but it really is about the fact that you have the skills for the role. Um, and so mm. that really helped me because I, I really did come to him like that. And I, I really feel proud of myself doing that in hindsight because, you know, you got to be honest. And I was just like, look, I don't want this to be like a tokenism type of thing. I don't want to just be like, we stuck the black bitch in, you know, like let's ha- make it have meaning. Yeah. What's the point? And it was because yeah. of my talent. And so I really appreciated that. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, Cinderella is what he saw me do. And that's what made him say, she's our Marty. Yeah. What I really wanted to talk to you about, like, and I feel like Bowen and I like sort of have to negotiate this more and more is it's like when you show that you're able to host and you show that you're able to act and able to sing and able to do so many things. Yes, it's like great because the opportunities come your way. But something I specifically wanted to ask you is how do you choose what to do next and how to let everyone know who you are out there that's watching in an industry that oftentimes is like, demands you be really specific about your brand like are you an actress are you a host are you a reality show person are you a singer right. are you, but you seem to be all of those things in a way that not only is because you can do it but because you choose to do it and that can be sometimes kind of nerve-wracking no because yeah the, the biggest thing is, is it sounds very flat it's probably not enough is that I really do like doing all those different things. And it's based off of me giving myself diversity in my career. Like, I feel like I'm truly an artist in this regard where it's like, I like different Mm. mediums. You know what I mean? I can't do the same medium because I would literally just boom, blow my brains out. Like, I love acting, but I don't always want to dive into a character so damn deep that I lose myself. Sometimes I want to be me, Kiki Palmer, and give you all my crazy personality. Then other times I want to produce because I don't want to talk to none of you motherfuckers. And then another time I might want to write because I really want to be removed from y'all asses. You know, mm-hmm. or then I want, you know, so it's like, I, but I, but I can't step away from art because 
it, guys, it's literally what I live, breathe, and think. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. it's what keeps me going in my nights. You know what I mean? Like, I love artistry. Like, I'm in the movies all the time. I'm, you know, watching theater. I'm going to shows. Like, it's just what I live for. And so, I think I, I started doing all those different things because of that reason. And I wanted to give myself diversity. And I wanted to be able to exercise other skills so that I wouldn't always have to be a performer in one particular way. Um, yeah. Or a performer at all you know what i mean i do see a version of my life where i don't have i'm not performing every damn project that i do you know somebody else is starring somebody else is the, yeah you're not as like front girl. facing in yeah, it yeah exactly because it's exhausting it's yeah. exhausting and it's like i love the idea of being able to share what i've learned and giving it to other young kids and young people out there that are trying to break into this industry so you know it is hard but I think, you know, you just got to go with your heart. I've always gone with my heart. And to be honest, a lot of doors were shut for me. And so mm -hmm. I, I, you know, me doing other things also was based off of, hey, I got to make a living. I got to yeah. I got to find mm -hmm. something else. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be like acting is my only damn gig. No, I got to be able to have another gig. Right. And guess what? I'm interested, too. And so mm -hmm. you can't be afraid. You got to be doing it for the right reasons. I can guarantee you that I never did something saying this will make me a star. No, mm, that's right. never the, you can never do. Oh, my gosh. That is like never. a recipe for disaster. It's always been. Well, what else can I do to stay in this space? Mm -hmm. What else can I add? How much more fun can I have doing something or what else can interest me? You know, what other direction can I go when it comes to entertaining? Yeah. Because I think it's confusing now to be in this culture where the messages are mixed because either you hear that you should do a lot of things, you should be a lot of things to a lot of different people, or you should just stay in your lane. Like those are, I think those are conflicting <laughs> messages, right? But it's like what we hear and all the time. that's exactly how our generation is. And by the way, it's that way with our careers. Mm -hmm. It's that way with our identities. It's that way, it like everywhere in our lives, somebody is telling our asses to go left and then somebody else is telling our asses, even in love, love is hard. Yes. Then the next breath, love should be easy, baby. Yeah, well, which the yeah. Fuck it should be it? work. <laughs> it should I mean? be like, easy, yeah. Yeah, which the hell? Well, I was going to say that for you, Kiki, I feel like your art, and this is what you were saying earlier, your art is the fact that you do all these things. Your art is that you can do all these things. Is that fair? Yes, and what I was going to say to you was that, you know what, it's okay if everybody doesn't. Yes. We go yeah. through so many different things about how to be happy or how to be successful. And then somebody says, well, the trick is you got to do a lot of things. And somebody else says, mm -hmm. the trick is you can't do too much. The trick is to be yourself. Yeah, yes, that's yes. exactly right. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yeah. We're all going together, the Lost Coach family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. 
There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I have a question for you, which is, so I bet a lot of people would like observe Kiki Palmer in nature and be like, that's an extrovert for sure. How do you identify? Do you identify as a, as a 10 out of 10 extrovert or are you more like what's unwinding for you? Like, and do you need that? Are you The truth is I'm tired of folks. I'm very much, (laughs) I'm very much an extrovert in terms of like, once I'm outside, I can't give y'all nothing half-ass. That's just not right. You know what I mean? So I become an extrovert (laughs) just by demand. You know, that's what the people Mm -hmm. demand from me. So, and it's been since I was a kid and before I was an entertainer, I just felt like we got to pep this shit up around here. And so my energy would always become extroverted and I would give in that way. That's like what birthed me as an entertainer. It's just kind of like how I exist. Yes. But when it's time to get real, I don't want no one around yeah. my ass like genuinely <laughs> I'm in the house for real yeah, and yeah, I yeah. don't want like I literally just have to realize that I don't really like a damn resort honestly because I don't want to see nobody you know I don't want to see you talk yeah. to you nothing Got it. like I've realized that vacation for me is like the best vacation is me in a trailer somewhere isolated like yeah. that's lit- yes. I don't like to be around people that much isn't that crazy how you can be so extroverted but then so introverted at the same time. It's I'm so- the same exact way. And I, you know what's funny? I didn't even realize it until the pandemic. The yeah. pandemic came through and I was I was like that kind of person that was like, especially when I lived in New York, if there's not six things a day on my GCAL, I feel like a failure. I would go to bed, shut my eyes and be like, well, tomorrow, maybe maybe I'll do something. Yeah. Then the pandemic happened. And I, because we were forced to sit around and do nothing, I realized like, oh, it's not that I was being unproductive at like five things, six things a day. It's just that like I was used to going too hard. And then when I sat around a little bit, I was like, wait, am I an introvert? And I don't think that's true. But what I realized is it's actually okay to literally turn all the way off. And that's beneficial to life. 
literally. I think it's really beneficial to life, really. I think it's beneficial b- b- for both. Like, if you're somebody that's extremely introverted, I think mm. it's beneficial to get out a little bit. Yeah. And if you're somebody that's extremely extroverted or or has a tendency to give a little bit more in the company of others, even with, you know, so just subconsciously, you kind of fill the space, uh, mm-hmm. you know, without even yeah. trying to, you should take a break sometimes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. okay to be in the house and to actively create scenarios for you to kind of just like be alone. You know, there's mm-hmm. a difference between being alone and being lonely. Just because you're alone doesn't mean you're lonely. You know what I mean? Just because you're lonely doesn't mean you're alone. Mm-hmm. I think we treat it like skincare because literally it's this thing where like the daytime routine is you're getting ready to go outside. You're protecting yourself from like all of the elements of the outside world. The nighttime routine is you're recuperating and you're recovering internally so that like by the time you wake up, you're like fully refreshed. It's like that kind of thing where it's like the barrier has to be like maintained. The barrier has to be like upheld and safe. The balance has to be kept. Mm -hmm. The balance has to be kept. Speaking of skincare, okay, Kiki, first of all, congrats. You just won New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best Sporting Actress for Nope. Congratulations. And I think, was it that same night you went home and you did, you posted this video on Instagram or maybe TikTok where you were like, I've unlocked the secret to skincare. What is it? Honey, it's getting knocked up. (laughs) Yeah? You gotta have a baby, okay? Because the way that this baby has had, so let me tell you something. I've dealt with a lot of skin issues, mainly because of hormones. You know what I mean? And sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes uh-huh. the hormone stuff is triggered by, first of all, I, I think I'm, I'm naturally born that way with a little bit more testosterone. If your hormones are unbalanced like mine's can be, you probably produce more. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're just the way that your glands work. It just, it just, it don't work for the skin and it can affect everybody yeah. differently. Some people it can, you know, make them gain weight. It can give them acne. It can make them have skin discolorations. You know, it just, the list goes on when it comes to hormones and food and just all that stuff. So I've always dealt with that. Right. And I've always been on this journey uh-huh. of trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? And then people will try to tell me drink water. You know what I mean? It's this, it's that <laughs> nothing topical can really save you from, your biology you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, and, and mm-hmm. saving, right. changing your diet is honestly probably the best thing that you can do however when you get pregnant your hormones change uh-huh. and i'm just gonna uh-huh. you know something right now whatever that damn baby is doing to me whatever that baby is giving to me it has balanced me y'all wow. it really wow. truly has given the baby has given me whatever that i didn't have before that baby has given it to me honey the baby is working oh my baby is helping me already y'all and the way that yes. i just can't even believe the baby that, is retinol the baby is retinol <laughs> <laughs> the baby title about the baby is hitting the baby is motherfucking accutane like quit yeah. playing around the baby <laughs> is getting it going and i'm just shocked y'all because you know i've changed my diet and stuff like that and i'm sure that my diet is helping to some degree like i haven't been eating a lot of gluten um i haven't been mm. eating dairy that obviously is helping right yeah but yeah. i've done that before without the baby and mm. i didn't receive these extreme of results so <laughs> i mean i do believe that the baby y'all I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm about to be pregnant for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because yes. if this is what babies can do for you. <laughs> the real gift. The real gift of skincare and actresses pregnancy down. I love it. Down. And so I'm thrilled. But how are you feeling though overall? <laughs> Has it been good outside of that? I think that my baby is like a, is like a warrior or something like this because... I've been uh-huh. good y'all. Yeah. My baby has, I have not had no nausea. Really? I have not had... Like, 
I've had moments where it's like, like where I'll be just sitting there. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny how it happens. Like guys, I'll be sitting there and like in the middle of a conversation with someone and then all of a sudden I'll just go, like it'll just make me feel that way and then it'll just be over with. Like I won't actually throw up. I won't, actually yeah, need yeah. to run to the bathroom it doesn't last more than like 10 seconds but it's I'll like just a wave feel, it's like a wave of something i'm like yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wait my aunt was pregnant and i uh, sometimes we'd be sitting there she'd be in her bathing suit we'd be by the pool and i would just see like a hand like literally go through <laughs> the stomach is your baby moving around a lot my baby moves all the time yeah. all the time a dancer right a dancer right now i'm at like 31 <laughs> weeks so the baby is almost like you know it's getting bigger and yeah. eventually yeah. it's gonna get to the point where i probably will see fingers and stuff like that but i don't Ooh. know if it's that big yet like i don't know if the power is there yet but i definitely feel and you can see some movement oh yeah yes yeah Oh Were you telling me this is going to be an Aquarius baby or a Pisces baby? Pisces baby. That just like Pisces me. baby. <laughs> Pisces. So tell me what I need to damn know because March. Emotional. So Mar- emotional. I need to I'm born March 5th. Oh. Uh, I'm a Pisces rising Pisces cancer moon. So it's I'm about to break into tears right yes, now. Yes, you are really in the motions deep. It's giving water sign very, very deeply. And I would yeah. say your child is going to be emotional and there's going to be swings, but it's going to be worth it because the baby will be creative and sensitive and love <laughs> you, love you to death. Pisces, I actually believe, are mama's children. Oh my God. Gosh, yes. I'm just so thrilled about that because I really just tell you, I'm I'm so excited to be dancing with my damn baby. Absolutely. I'm excited to just be like, hey, baby. Like, I'm just ready to be just <laughs> giving all the love and attitude. And like, and so tell me what they said to you. You Did you gag their ass? Like, I'm ready to just like <laughs> go to town with this damn baby, y'all. I just think about it every day of just like, what's it going to be like when, you know, I first lay eyes on you and, you know, how's it going to oh, be when we get our first moments together? You know what I mean? But also, are you going to bust my damn vagina apart? That too. Well, probably, yeah, just oh by nature gosh, of how it goes. Oh my gosh, you guys. I just learned that the epidural is like a tube that they stick in your back. That's scarier than the damn natural birth. I don't yeah, know what well, I'm going to do, guys. During childbirth, you might not be thinking that way. That's what they said. You might be like, let's plug me in. <laughs> he, might, he might be asking for the tumor. Everybody, everybody wants that. Because I was reading shit where people are like, my back ain't never been the same. I'm oh, like, what no. the fuck? <laughs> they, they, they really do lie about childbirth. Though. Like when you're a little kid and they're like, and she's pregnant. Off she goes for nine months to have a healthy baby. Yeah. And then it's like you get to be an adult and you realize like, really what it is it's like oh okay so this shouldn't happen but does you know the the whole thing is like the painful thing about it is like your vagina stretching to the size of a fucking baby watermelon like oh my god come on like, no scream queens scream <laughs> right <laughs> but how funny no. is it me and mostly all the scream queens are are like have kids or you know pregnant yeah Billy, uh-huh. myself Emma, like all of us. Emma. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. The scream, scream mothers. Scream mothers, yeah. 
Oh, Joe Kim Booster Pisces too. Joe Kim I mean, Booster uh, Pisces, a leap year baby. Daniel and Jordan too. <gasps> oh, really? Wow. That makes a lot of sense because, okay, I just want to say more about Nope because like what I also loved was it's actually a really emotional movie. Yes. And I actually think like it's really crazy with Jordan because so Get Out happens and it's one thing. It's like the satire of our time, I believe. I yes. believe that there has not been a better script written. I and know. then there's Us, which is more surreal horror. And then there's Nope, which... And I think if you were thinking Jordan Peele, you think like, oh, horror first nowadays. And then like, like he has a satirical elements, but these are three very different movies. Like, yes. nope really is like this sci-fi Western that calls back to horror movies in many different ways. But what I love about sci-fi and Western is it really does have a very like, emotional core and like this is about like bone was saying it is about like fame and spectatorship but i also find it's like a very thoughtful movie about nature and about how some things are just bigger than us and like we do have to have reverence and awe but also like it's a pretty simple story about family and like just so many things but one comment i specifically wanted to make and the cinephiles out there probably picked up on this but my favorite scene in the whole movie is when you guys are sitting with the cinematographer in the house before the big events of the climax. And he says that monologue about the one out, one horn, one purple people eater. What I loved about that was that was specifically mapped on the Quint monologue in Jaws. And this is how you know that Jordan is really, first and foremost, truly a comedian because no filmmaker that was up his own ass would ever be like and I'm gonna spend this moment in the movie like referencing this iconic scene from a movie that so obviously has inspired this one but that was really like I was laughing and rolling in my house watching that because (laughs) the whole one-eyed one-horned giant purple people eater monologue taking the place of that iconic monologue that Quint did in Jaws to me that was like such a funny irreverent thing for him to do And so it succeeded for me on that level, too. Like, so much funnier than I think people are talking about. It it shows that he really, really understands film and film structure and his whole Mm -hmm. entire point to spin it all on its head. From Stephen Young being an Oscar-nominated actor and then us Mm -hmm. having characters like Key from Everybody Everywhere All at Once who started out as a kid actor and never got a chance to really be a star. Yes, Like, that paved the way for the reality of someone like Stephen Young being... Being who he is and not being the brunt of a joke or just existing to be no. a, a cliche oh because of his identity. Like, that's the movie that that can be made and that should be made. He should be the star. He should be on the posters. He should be the one we're going to see. Or the he's fact amazing. that yeah, he's amazing. I love both of them, Key and Steven. But just like what yeah. that is. And then the fact of the whole commentary on my character, who you assume is just going to be the jester, who's just the comedic edge, but then turns around and somehow finds her way to be becoming the hero as a black queer woman. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the structure, this is the thing, but this is the now. Without being like, on a nose. You know what <laughs> I mean? Not. Yeah, it was not. Like, it's like, how did you do it? Yeah, I love that. There, yeah. were so many, there were so many layers, and I think it's just so smart. And I think, honestly... The stuff with the chimp on the set of the sitcom was some of the most inventive, genuinely scary stuff I had ever seen. And the detail of the shoe as like a pull from a traumatic memory that shows how his memory of it is really distorted was just really, really well done. I mean, unless uh, I'm like breaking news, nope was great. But like, 
it took me a while because I really do get scared and very anxious. I'm an anxious person. And it's hard for me <laughs> yeah. to sit in the movie theater and like really do that <laughs> without focusing the entire time, not on the movie, but on how I'm physically feeling because my shoulders are up to my ears. But I'm really happy I got out of my own way and watched this because any movie lover would love this movie. Uh, yes, I feel the exact same way. And that's the thing, like any movie lover, like if you love movies, you're going to love everything Jordan does. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for what's next. So does that script get sent to you or do you have to audition for it? That script is crazy as it is. Jordan called me on the phone, sent me the Period. script and it was mine. You know, and it's so funny uh, because it's, that is such a rare thing, guys. It really is. It's a rare thing yeah. for you to just get a script. And it's like, you know, especially for it to be someone on Jordan Peele's level yeah. so like for him to be that certain that he wanted me for the role um is in incredible you know but again it's for me it all is so meta too because it's just like you know here this movie is where we have this whole dialogue about a child star and, mm. and exploitation uh. um you know and here i am as a child entertainer and i feel very much like you know wrangling the industry and becoming who i've become and being as you guys were saying somebody that has not stuck to the norm or what people told me to be. I very much, from my in my own way, felt like I was wrangling a beast. That at the end of it, yes. I stood tall on the other side, and then none of it really mattered in the end. Mm. Like, to prove myself or to be mm. validated or for people to recognize me. You know, once you make it to that, that point and you realize and you see things for what they really are, like Emerald does when she's at the top of that mountain and she really sees the thing for what it really is, the mm -hmm. only thing that matters is family. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, the only thing that matters are the things that are that are priceless and most usually the things you've already always had. Yeah. Oh, come on. You know, so again, it's so the movie hits all, us all in yeah. so many different unique ways. And it's like, how can one movie have so many meanings? <laughs> yeah. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You mentioned being like, you know, a child actor. And I wonder like nowadays, like we hear so many different accounts of people who went through that experience, like, you know, Jeanette McCurdy's book and like the way that we've like had to re-examine like the Britney Spears of it all and so many things. I wonder what's your personal narrative of being a child star and and how you came through that. Because we don't hear yeah. you talk about that too much. Yeah, I, I definitely had my moments of being like angry and being just overworked and tired. I think all of us did. You know, when you're mm, a kid yeah. working in corporate, because let's be honest, as we all know, it's entertainment, honey, but it's still corporate. You know, yeah. we, we just like everybody else, there's an element of the man said so. So, you know what I mean? We all feel that. And so it was the same for me as a kid working with Nickelodeon and Disney and having to do hours and hours of of shooting and hours and hours of marketing. And then I didn't go to real school and my parents were really strict and overprotective. And I was making a lot of money and my parents were scared of that because they didn't want me to become an asshole. So then they were really even more strict and I felt like they didn't understand me. And Mm. then we had beef. And, Mm. you know, all of that stuff does happen because fame it's traumatic and a child being a star, you know, having their own show is traumatic. It changes the entire family structure and everything kind of ends up going towards that child, helping to Mm. support that child, that business, that thing. And it's just like not a usual thing that you deal with. And so I'm very blessed and grateful that my family overcame it because what we often hear and what people often think about when they think about child actors is, you know, so-and-so, they ain't, her mama ain't cool no more. Or, mm. you know, so-and-so, they got on drugs. Or, you know, money mm-hmm. tore up the family. And all those things could have happened to my family. We definitely experienced intensity. Uh, people trying to turn me against my parents. People trying to mm. steal me from my parents and break our trust and infiltrate our family dynamic. All that shit is horrible. But people do it. We see it all the time. You know what I mean? We see it in succession. It ain't different just because you're a kid. People mm-hmm. are, are vicious out here. But my family and I, we really overcame it. And so I think, and now because we overcame it, in my adult mind, the way that I speak about all of that is very much so like, oh, you know, yeah, we just moved on. And, you know, what I mean, we found a way and we got through. But if I were, you know, I wrote a book about it and whenever I get really into it, I can really break it down. But the truth of the matter is, is I look at it like any of us do any of our family trials and tribulations. It's extreme to a person that didn't experience child acting, but it's no different than you saying, I decided to forgive my parents or, Mm. 
you know, yeah. we got over it. You know, we moved on. That's right. what it's like for me. Crazy things happened. It was intense. But my parents, would, my, how to, who told my parents how to raise a child, entertainer with her own damn show, making millions? Right. No right. So they were doing the best they could. And so, you know, that's how I look at it. And, and I just move on. And I love my parents. We're very close still. And my mom and I, we still do business together. And my siblings and I were closer than ever, especially now that I have more time. You know, that was probably mm. the saddest thing for me as a kid was never having mm. enough time yeah. for anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I was working just so much. I, I couldn't make it to any plays. Sometimes I would miss holidays. And that mm. stuff used to kill me as a kid. And so I definitely wanted to make that up to them as I got older. And, um, you know, I definitely don't want that to be the reality for, for my baby. So I've learned how to, yeah. how to maneuver when it comes to my career. That makes total sense. That's kind of interesting. Like ultimately you saw the monster just like your character and Nope and realized what was important and you got y'all made it through. Yeah. Exactly. That's why when I watch Nope, you recognize, I recognize what yeah. that how I interpreted that for me. It really was kind of like mind blowing. I like cried the craziest tears. Mm. <laughs> wow. That's like, awesome. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. We should ask the question. It's time and a perfect segue from childhood into the question <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, this is the question we ask all of our guests on Las Culturistas. So, Kiki Palmer, what is the culture that made you say culture is for me? This is the pop culture that made you move into that direction in your life. So, give me y'all's answers so I can understand exactly the context of this question. But what would you say for you? Like, between the two of us, me and Matt, like, I think our answers change individually from time to time. I think a common one but that Matt and I share is the 1998 Academy Awards when Titanic was nominated for all those awards. That was, like, what got me, like, keyed into, like, show business. And I was like, wow, this is what people can do. And, like, there's Celine Dion singing My Heart Will Go On. And, like, there's it just all of it sort of, like, opened up to me in this way. It can be that. It can even be before that. Like, for me, Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. The Butterfly <laughs> album by Mariah Carey made, changed who I was. Also, like, when I watched the television show Lost, I realized I wanted to, like, be a part of television. Like, it's, like, those things that you can look back on and you were like, but you started so young. That must have either happened either real young or maybe even a little delayed because you were in the bit. Yeah, I think it was a couple of things. Yeah. So I think one of them was Selena. Yes. Yes. Woo. When I watched Selena and the way that they hit me and the way that you can impact someone and the way that she was impacting her community yes. and had yes. her community on her motherfucking back. Yes. I really, uh, <laughs> honey. Who's on your shirt right now? Is that Tony? Yeah, who is on your shirt? No, Muhammad oh, Ali. I, I, I first thought, I thought that was like, I thought that was mid nineties Tony Braxton for a second. <laughs> <laughs> just the top of the head, yeah, just the little fro. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I was about to really go in. Oh, okay, but that's hilarious. So Selena, that movie, that film. Selena, that movie, that movie really talk about somebody changing something, changing your life. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, I would say the wood which is this film by Rick Famua. It is about three guys. It's Omar Epps, Tay Diggs, another actor who I hate that I can't remember his name, but it's about these three guys. You know, one of them is from the South. The other two are from L.A. The dude from the South moves to L.A., specifically in Inglewood, and it's about how they grew up in L.A. And it's, like, not, like, a sad movie or, like, you know, oh, somebody got shot, you know what I mean, and things went haywire. It was kind of just, like, a regular black American coming of age story. It in, the culture yeah. was so present, yeah. but it wasn't rooted in oppression. And I Ooh. remember watching that as a kid and just being like, man, just such a great movie about just young brothers growing up in America and like having a good life uh -huh. and like getting ready to go to their wedding. Like the whole 
movie was told in flashbacks as they are trying to get their best friend prepared for his wedding because he like woke up the next morning drunk and they're trying to get him to his wedding and the whole day they're like talking about remember this when we was in high school and then we keep going back to flashbacks and so I, I remember watching that movie as a kid and I think that definitely I've always felt very masculine as well as I felt feminine mm-hmm. that's why I like if somebody were to were to ask me or to talk to me about gender, they would probably say the way that I think is very gender nonconforming. Mm-hmm. I just don't uh-huh. subscribe to the label of it because obviously I hate labels. Anybody that knows me knows labels get on my damn nerves because it's like shit. It makes me feel like y'all want to force me to just be what you want me to be. Yeah. So I'm a little bit mm-hmm. like resistant in that regard. And I do feel like I want to force people to see a woman as being all these different things. You know what I'm saying? I want to force your ass to understand that, yeah, I can be this and I can be that and I can still be a woman. You got to fucking deal with Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? And so, but, but the way that I think about it is very much so like gender non-conforming. So when I watched that movie, even though those were men, I saw myself yeah. and, I, and I wanted, I admired wow. those guys. You know what I'm saying? I grew up with yeah. my dad's one of nine boys. My dad is an amazing dad. And so I've always just loved seeing those images because just as much as I wanted to emulate Brandy or Whitney, I also wanted to emulate those images as well. Definitely. Um, and so I wow. really, it really impacted me as a kid seeing that movie. It was so inspiring. So The Wood, Selena. And then if I were to give like a third I would just want to give you one last third because this is a heavy, heavy question. It will probably be Kiki Palmer when she said sorry to this man. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. An, 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 an entire generation. I mean, it's like, it's like. It was a cultural reset. It's like all other memes before that ex- walked. So Kiki Palmer, sorry to this man should run. I mean, literally in my group chat, whenever yes! the gays I'm in a group chat with say someone I don't know, I sent a picture of your face looking down at the paper. I, I, and they know exactly that I don't know who the fuck they're talking about. They're like, oh, three and a half years. I'm like, By the way, guys, when that thing happened, it was as if. I had to hit moving theaters. I'm like that. The, <laughs> the, the response, <laughs> yes. the response to sorry to this man is absolutely like I cannot wait to see what the world is like in 20 years, so I can tell my kids like there was this thing called memes. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and I, because our world is so unique and interesting, and that's like such a unique and very serendipitous, insane thing that happened. Like for that meme to be like that. You probably <laughs> left filming that that day, and we're like not even thinking about it. No, I was just like, okay, you know, moved on. You know what I mean. <laughs> because it will be a thing where it's so organic it's like you know now that everything's gonna be like ai in the next like mega vibes literally or freaking avatar (laughs) or or freaking avatar avatar had my ass crying though i mean come on it it got us it really got us all three of us i think that man has to be stopped james has to be stopped (laughs) he makes you cry too much all his movies i mean how is it that he's done i think maybe just 10 movies or even under 10 movies three of which are in the top two in which are in the top three grossing movies ever one being titanic the other being avatar and it's one thing for somebody to give you visual effects i think a lot of people can give us visual effects right like i'm not that i'm not impressed by it i think it's an incredible skill in art but of course most of the time when someone gives you crazy action and visual effects they fall apart on the Mm storyline the storyline has no um integrity no originality. It has no emotion to it. This man does both. <laughs> and I'm quite 
altered by it <laughs> because and almost it makes me not want to go see his movies sometimes because I, I've seen Titanic and everybody knows how I feel about that damn movie and what happened yeah. when my girl did not save Jack's <laughs> life that tears me up to this day <laughs> now I had to go watch Avatar <laughs> 2 and when I went home I was silent the rest of the evening yeah. because of what I had to go through yeah. watching that movie that man has to be stopped <laughs> Because he takes you on this action adventure and emotionally connects you to these people that aren't real. And then you have to yeah. watch families get torn apart. I'm tired of him, y'all. I'm tired. It's really culture number 40. James Cameron, Cameron must, must be stopped. stopped. He's got to be stopped, y'all. He's too too much. He's got a lot going on. Well, we were saying, Bowen and I were saying the other day that because he makes movies with the intention of entertaining the entire world, like he, it's almost like the he, world. He has a different assignment than everyone else. Like he's like, my yes. movies are going to be seen worldwide. And so it's going to be broad and emotional enough that everyone has a way in. And I think that's what we're responding to. It's like there is something specific in human pain, in family, in sacrifice for family. Like he has a very good grip on what is going to hit us in the heart because he's thinking in a very universal way because his movies are very universal. It's so true. You know, you have people online that are like, these are African people. And then you have people like, these are Indian people. And they're like, these are, like, uh -huh. everybody's like, these are my people. And I'm like, that's James Cameron's point. Mm. <laughs> uh -huh. They're all of our people. They're all, anybody that's connected to an indigenous, when you watch that movie, your feelings are hurt because you're like, you go from the surface of what's happening in the movie to these movie people. And then you're like, this probably happened to my ancestors or this probably uh -huh. this happened to people in real life. Oh shit. Da -da -da. He wants you to think about that. He got me crying about a whale mama. Yeah. We talked about that whale mama. Oh, because you know why a whale mama was murdered probably just last week for the same type of reasons in this made up creature in Avatar. Like he is thinking about that and tapping into every type of vibe that he has to be stopped y'all. Well, this is the thing for him to recoup on the on the budget of the film. He has to appeal to the broadest audience possible, yeah. right? And so these movies end up being about family, which everyone can relate to. And then the sort of unifying, the glue of it all is this like, I think it's a very self-aware kind of like cornballness. It's corny because it's corny. There's I think you're right too. Yes, yes. There's nothing more earnest about loving family. And I also think people need to stop thinking that corny and cheesy is not good. Yes, 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 I yes, actually, yes. I'm one of those people that absolutely, I think an indie movie is great. I think, you know, going super niche, super art house is absolutely radical. But <laughs> when you can give the emotion... <laughs> And the originality of a movie like that with the commercial appeal that people like James Cameron bring to me, you take a shit to the next fucking level. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> I think that is hard to freaking do. It is. Titanic yes. is corn. Who told him to put a love story in, in the middle of a historical event? Yes. That was genius. Yeah, I mean, like, and also the fact that you left that movie caring so deeply about them, it's like... They're not real. They're not real. They're, you know who's real? <laughs> the, the, the almost 1,100 people who died. But meanwhile, like, we have this fictional couple that, like, really in that way, because he made us care about these two, we then care about everyone that had a very full life that were lost on that ship. I also think that that's this man's 
point. When I did a little bit of research, a little bit of digging about James Cameron, he is a very, like, the reason why a lot of his movies also even include water is because he's very obsessed with water and mm. nature and saving the world. And he's really into the global just welfare of our, of human life and stuff like that. So I think that is a big dedication to his work is to make us think about that, to make us think about lives lost, to make us think about, you know, people were murdered and killed and, you know, people are dying and the ocean is being, he wants you to be sad and think about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It seems like it because yeah. he keep putting it in the movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Matt and I were talking about this on the podcast. We were like, you know, like these are kind of like my roadblocks with Avatar, but I think you've really like bulldozed past them. Because there are roadblocks. Let's be honest. A lot of people are sick of him. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are like, screw it. You know what I mean? But I, I'll tell you. Shillong. Kiki Palmer will always be like a cup half full person. I love so that. I, yeah. like, I always am like, you know, but also, was it this? You know? <laughs> it's a little bit Kiki Palmer not burning a bridge because if James Cameron calls with a role in Avatar 4, Song of the Skies, we want Mama to fly the ship. <laughs> okay, because I can be the next Sigourney. Just call me. <laughs> <laughs> I can be the next Sigourney. Just call I mean, me. Her at 60, I think, is a whole movement. Like, she's everything. Do you know what I think? Oh, yeah. People are forgetting that the reason why Kiri is who she is is because she cut her own bangs and it went a certain <laughs> way. So Kiri, Sigourney Weaver as a teen, cut her own bangs clearly and her bangs are a flop and she's self-conscious in the movie about her bangs looking crazy and that's why she feels a certain way. And that's a subtext that only I'm recognizing in the movie, but that avatar clearly oh cut her own God. bangs. She was trying something out in her adolescence. The bangs went left and she feels on the outside of her family because her bangs are and that is a cautionary tale about why you don't take a scissor to your bangs girls i understand we all think that that might bring our face together but you got to go to a professional she needed to go to wherever in the navi culture they cut bangs professionally there are women out there that are that have clearly have you know cosmetology degrees that could do this in navi world in pandora but she did not find them she went into her own Layer and she cut her own bangs and it didn't go well and that's why she was cranky all movie long. I couldn't believe when Miss Mamas had that damn seizure <laughs> from the damn spirit tree. I said, get that shit out of here. That's dangerous. She was. Oh there. yes, was like, oh my she gosh. really, she really was having that a hard time. That was a time. mess. She plugged oh. in and things did not go good. I said, oh shit. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Sigour- like being on set that day and watching Sigourney like in the motion capture outfit, like having a seizure as a teen, like in the like, water? The I want to be on. yeah in the water. Damn, that's a hell of a movie to shoot, honey. Woo. I mean, what's the hardest shoot you've ever done? Hardest shoot you've ever done? Ooh, it had to be nope. A lot of running, a lot of running, just a lot of energy exertion, a lot of intensity too, like ugh, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Did you do stripping class for Hustlers? I did do a couple. I sure did. Okay, and then you you got to tell J-Lo in person about Selena, about like the impact the movie had. Oh, yeah, I got to sing right? it for her. You All had right. to. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I did. I let her know. I mean, I know she's heard it time and time and time and time again. But, guys, it's just true. That movie mm-hmm. is honestly... Yes. The, it is, you know... It impacted me so deep as a child. I was hugging the damn TV. Mm-hmm. That lady impacted her community. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love Selena. Selena Quintanillas. That should have been her first Oscar nomination, and Hustler should have been the second, and we all know it. Honestly, it felt like that for me. I felt like if we went back into time and she won an Oscar for Selena, I would be happy. Just like I would be happy if, yes. t- if Angela Bassett won for Tina Turner. Those are two biopics yes. that's just like, come on, y'all. Let's quit fucking around. And who else could have done it? You know nobody. You know nobody. Truly nobody. Truly nobody. Oh, before you move on, the the perfect companion piece to Sorry to This Man is you on Kiki, Michael, and Sarah going, I know that man. I love that man. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know that man. <laughs> because that man, I did know. And I just could not who remember is that, his Who was that man? Who was that man? <laughs> Sorry to this man. Currently. Sorry to this man. <laughs> that was a point in your career that I was like, this is interesting now, you being a daytime TV host. Right. That must have taken even you a surprise. I mean, that was then another character, honey. And I was yeah. living for it. I was living for my <laughs> daytime TV job. I was living for waking up and going to the job and being done at noon. The conversations, mm. you know what I mean? Having fun. Like, it was such it's something that I didn't see coming. I was just kind of like, well, why not? Why the hell not? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I have the time. I'm available. Like, I love Michael. I like Sarah. Like, this is cool. Like, let's ride this out and see what goes down. Love mm-hmm. it. I, the only reason why we stopped, again, I guess the, the universe guides you, and I always trust God in the universe. I was just like, leave it up. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. COVID happened, and they kind of wanted me to continue on, but they changed the show to being more newsy and I'm not more newsy you know what I mean I didn't go to right, I'm not a right. journalist in that way you know what I mean I'm yeah. uh, more of a personality and you know conversationalist if anything yeah you're not a journalist <laughs> like Michael Strahan <laughs> I'm on the floor. Come on, Shane. Rest in peace, Barbara Walters. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I don't think Newsy is for me. Um, yeah. But they still continue to support me throughout COVID. And I thought that was like amazing and awesome. You know, after COVID, we all were just kind of figuring out what we're going to do. And I was like, it's yeah. COVID and it's tough out here, but I can't do the news, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with your catchphrase of I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the floor. Because it's like, girl, what does that even mean for real? Why, why is that the peak? I'm on the floor. That's the peak. Like what? <laughs> I'm on the floor. Title of app. I'm on the floor is title of app. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day i don't know about you matt but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want to get framed. I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Wait, before we move on to I Don't Think Sunny For Real, I have to ask you, do you know my friend Jennifer Lewis? I'm on a show on Showtime called I Love That For You with Jennifer Lewis, and I... Do I know your friend Jennifer Lewis? See... Uh, what do you think? I feel the connection between you guys, and all I want is for you guys to do a project together. All I want is for us to do a project together. Tell me why I was with Jennifer Lewis on a plane. She comes up to me, I'm sitting there with my boyfriend, and she says, what the fuck is you doing here with my man, bitch? <laughs> That is so <laughs> She said, look, bitch, you're not supposed to show up here. You're not supposed to be trying to outshine me. Who's this fine-ass oh man my that God. you're sitting up here with? Who you think you are, girl? Who you think you are, little girl? <laughs> she was... It was the best thing. I wish that I could have filmed it for y'all. The whole damn time, I was like, this is too much to pull my phone out. But I wanted to pull my phone out so y'all could just hear the life that she was giving me. Uh, did she know who she was talking to? Kiki oh Palmer? Yes! That's yes. my girl! I know her yeah. from... We did Medea's family reunion together. Oh, okay. Oh yes, my so God. You have together. When I was like 12 years old, we didn't have any scenes together, but I've always loved Jennifer... I mean, Jennifer Lewis is somebody that you just always love. It's, you know, it's like, you know, she's just everything. Always love her and every time I seen her out always say hi whatever mm. so when she saw me on the plane she was it was just like we hadn't seen each other in a while and she was like little bitch who you think you <laughs> is come out here with this fine ass man I ought to get your ass together you should do the Jennifer Lewis story you should do her a biopic me and her have to do something together because she is just 100% we just would be just back and forth and back and forth it would just give too much life no work would get done, but there, but we should get the set together. It should all be captured. It should all be captured. Literally. 100%. Oh, my God. I just had to ask because, I mean, she's <laughs> a, a light in my life. I'm going to FaceTime her later, actually, and tell her that we Tell her I you. say hello, please. I will. Um, okay, so now, Bowen, is it time? It's time. It's time for I Don't Think So, Honey. This is our one-minute segment at the end of our show where we each go on a tirade about culture. Matt, do you have something? I have something. I do have something. And you mentioned planes and mine is actually plane related. I've done a lot of flying recently and uh, 
everyone on any plane who's sitting in the window seat is about to hear it. Okay, here we go. This is Matt Rogers. I don't think so. When his time starts now. I don't think so, honey. People in the window seat who don't have their window up when you're landing on the plane. Sometimes I'll be on the aisle. I prefer the aisle. And I don't think so, honey. These people sitting at the window seat who keep their window down when we're touching down. I don't want to jump out of my skin. Like I said, I can't do scary. And what is scarier than the shock of landing suddenly? Nothing. I want to be able to see outside the plane so I can see exactly when the wheels touch down. So when I'm jolted up out of my seat, flying through the skies, I know why it happened. 30 seconds. I don't think so, honey. These people who are out of sight, out of mind, laissez-faire about sitting on the window seat and they have it all the way shut and I can't see a goddamn thing. I need to know when I'm going to land or else I will be screaming. And then I'll tell you what's even more annoying than a baby screaming on a Delta flight. Me screaming on a Delta flight from shock pain, anger, disgust, hurt, betrayal, because you did not turn your window Five seconds. up. I love you, Delta, but mandate windows up for window seats. I don't think so, honey. That's one minute. Woo! I'm totally fine with it if you want it shut for the duration of the plane, but when they say it's time to get the seat backs up and the tray tables set, you need to have the windows up too. Be courteous to people who just want to know what that shaking noise is when they land and when it's coming. Surely you can see there's a window in a different row that you can get some context from. Of course, Bo, but we have to work together as a plain community because if you if one person doesn't do it, the next person doesn't do it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just think there's still not an agreement about like people lowering the shade when you're midair, when it's glaring blinding. I completely understand. All right. But are you with me on this? Like, do, do, don't you don't you agree? I, I agree. I'm rarely in the window seat. I agree. There you go. We're all in agreement. We are all concurrent on this one. I'm not the one who's usually at the window anyway, so I have no control over this. Oh, and sometimes I want to be like, hey, can you put the window up? Because I just want to see when we land. But also, I don't like to talk to anybody on the plane. Yeah. Because you never know what you might get. All right, well, food for thought. This is Bowen Yang's I Don't Think So, Honey, and his time will begin now. I Don't Think So, Honey, baristas in TV shows, especially mystery shows such as Wednesday, (laughs) where their trope (laughs) is they go, ah, that girl, her order, you know, tall frappuccino, blah, blah, blah. It's like some (laughs) bullshit like that where the barista knows everybody's order in the town. It's a tired ass trope. I'm done seeing it in the movies and TV shows and plays of our time. The barista usually ends up being the killer or the conspirator of a killing or something. It's tired. It's done. I don't want to see any baristas as main characters in TV shows anymore. Make them something else. Make them a sandwich artist. Make them a smoothie, smoothie maker. I don't Mm want to see barista anymore because guess what? It's too neat of a thing to be like, oh, that's that's the person who knows everybody's deal in town. No, we need to be more creative about the town tropes the citizen who Five. knows everybody's business i'm gonna figure out something new because this motherfucker in wednesday i was like this guy is a flop and his only redeeming quality is that he's the barista you take that away from him he has nothing and that's one minute and change and yes it's not just baristas that know the town's business okay what about the postman bring the postman back bring the postman back bring the milkman back i want the milkman back bring the milkman back yeah. Bowen, i 100 agree okay kiki Thank palmer you. do you have an i don't think so honey you want to rip up 
Uh, okay, here we go. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> this is Kinky Palmer's. I don't think so, honey. Your time starts now. Does every mundane action in our lives need to be a TikTok aesthetic? I don't think so, oh. honey. I'm tired of turning on my Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok and seeing people pretending to content create by putting on gray clothes, shutting gray blinds, pulling out their gray calculator, and doing their taxes, calling it adult life. I don't think so, honey. Oh. I cannot stand that we are so incapable of randomness that we have whittled ourselves down oh. to now lifestyle categories. Soft mm. girl life, um, you know, a happy girl life, <laughs> tough girl life, um, cool guy life, fuck boy life. I just want us to have a life and to get offline and trying to make everything seem so cool and unique. I don't want to see you having a day of normalcy and then calling it some type of specific category and lifestyle, motherfucker. I don't think so, honey. I'm sick of it. Just actually do Five something seconds. and don't let us be involved. When I don't want to see anybody else cooking their man any meals and calling themselves wife wife life i'm tired of the life <laughs> and that's one minute kiki palmer has absolutely destroyed most influencers <laughs> today who put on an orange shirt and say hashtag orange shirt and then orange they post it life. and they get dollars for it i'm tired of this like we saw this man the other day made himself breakfast sat down on his computer played with his dog and said soft black boy life i'm like so what is <laughs> so what is a hard black boy's life come on like are we like come on this is a normal life y'all we got to and also it ends up making everything <laughs> ends up making like if that's not an everyday person's life then what do you think everyday black people are living like you know what i mean like if if you don't uh -huh. think it's just like what is it that we doing y'all we make it everything mm. so extreme soft girl life all you did was make breakfast and sit on your couch so what's a hard <laughs> what's a hard girl's life going to work like what is the opposite of everything that y'all are saying this is I can't so interesting i'm good if that's a soft girl life a hard girl life is like going to park at, at the bank and parking like outside the lines and taking up two spaces hard girl life like what is like that's what honestly to me it's like absolutely ridiculous i'm gonna I, I got a spoof coming for this oh there we go yes oh my god i love it kiki palmer and should i say kiki. baby this is kiki palmer because that is the podcast that you all must be listening to required Ooh. reading this has been so much fun no guys this has been the most fun i really love hanging out with y'all Hang out with me. Call me back anytime. You know it's your girl. Oh, my God. You must return. We love you so much, Kiki. And Bowen, you told no lies when you said she was the greatest of the, the greatest. Oh, the greatest of the greats. <laughs> 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 we close every episode with the song. I got one, Matt. Go, Bo. Okay. Come on, baby, play me like a bando. If I wind it back, if I wind Listen to Hands Free you break my by ball. Kiki Palmer. Period. <laughs> Come on. Bye. 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 There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. 
You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Croc clogs and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.